course, with the Brian Campbell. Hey, folks, it's mixed martial arts time. And you know we've got that, I don't know what you want to call it, that needle, that syringe ready for injection. Crackly audio and another lethal dose of that performance enhancing audio. The Brian Campbell, the voice that you hear, ready to break down all things Justin Gaethje becoming a well-rounded mixed martial artist and a big-time knockout of Cowboy Cerrone. Look ahead to what's coming for the weekend and also sit and chat with the UFC heavyweight king himself, the baddest man in any octagon these days. It's Stipe Miocic from the top of a New York City skyscraper. You'll be hearing that this show. But let me bring in my co-host. He's a Hall of Famer, always sweet, never sour, and he once took the soul of a man named Salmon with his foot. It's Sugar Rashad Evans. How is it, man? What's going on, BC? Fired up as always. Sweating balls, as always, here. Recording live from New York City right now. You know, I don't care what month it is, Rashad. You walk around that city. You take public transportation. You're going to soil yourself. You're going to sweat. <laughs> Might need to get ballsy back in the mix here. Uh, Brandon Wise, our CBS Sports editor, writer extraordinaire. Big, big B Wise. How are you, bro? I'm doing good, BC. I'm feeling about as old as you are now. I hurt my shoulder throwing a ball for my dog yesterday. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and that's now great. I feel like a tendon is either strained or, or torn. I, I don't know. I, I feel old. Is this making your uh, Hard Knocks 365 experimentation a uh, an afterthought now? No, I'm still going to go, but I might just hurt myself more. All right. Face the pain, Brandon Wise. All right. That's all I've got to say on that. Uh, the life of a Hall of Famer, the life of Rashad. All right. What's going on, man? Besides this crackling audio, we will get that fixed as we adjust that. Not much, man. I just came back from Hawaii. I had a trip out there, was cornering a fighter out there from Denver that I've been working with, uh, Zarek Jackson, amateur level. And uh, he went out there, had a good, good fight, um, fought a local Hawaiian kid. Um, the Hawaiian kid, you know, was a local stud. Um, his name was Koopa. And, uh, just, just, just a beast, but I mean, Good fight. Good trip. We got there, Hawaii. Got some sun. So I saw the Instagram pics, Rashad. Looked like paradise out there, right there. I mean, you're still rocking a uh, prime active six pack at the moment, too. You're not. You're not fooling around in the gym. Nah, you know, I, I get it in there. I still gotta stay in shape, man. You know, I, I've been walking around ever since I've been retired. I go to the gym, and these guys look at me like they want to do something to me. So I gotta make sure that I got some. <laughs> I got some muscles just in case. When you cross the threshold. Of actually having and holding prominent abular muscles, abiscus muscles, uh, what do we call them? Abdominal muscles. Um, oh, is it just main- maintenance at that point to keep them there? You're really, or you're still working hard? Nah, it's, it's mainly diet, man. You know, that, that's most of it. You know, what you put into your body is mostly, you know, that is mostly it. A lot of people don't want to look at that because it takes a lot of discipline. But, uh, if you, you start eating cleaner food, then it's easier to have a uh, six pack. Yeah, I think I need to turn my life around at 41 here. No more eating out of gas stations. It's been <laughs> long enough. All right, we're going to get into all things weekend. Look ahead to UFC Mexico City, a very interesting card coming up. Got some fights I want to see, guys, including the return. You betcha. Betch Cohea back on our map. We're going to get into that. Don't, 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 Brandon, don't give me that look, all right? But we will do all of that after a word from our friends and sponsors. Dig it. And we're back, BCB Dub, Sugar Rashad. Hey guys, this past weekend we had we had ourselves an all-action bout in a UFC fight night headlined in Vancouver by the highlight Justin Gaethje against the cowboy dad himself, Donald Cerrone. 
Rashad, I thought coming in, this was one of those tell your friends fight of the year fights. Didn't turn out that way because we had the early first round knockout and a further evolving Justin Gaethje, who is really starting to put it together. Three straight knockouts. Rashad, he's not, he didn't turn away from being an animal, but it seems like he's taking much more care in how he sets things up inside the cage. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's doing a lot better job of not fighting in a 50-50 range. I mean, mean, in fact, of not standing in front of him. Now he's getting off slightly to an angle where he's striking at an advantage because now he's at the angle and is forcing his opponents to turn into him where they add a disadvantage and he's able to land a big shot. His, his, his punching placement is getting a lot better. His footing is getting a lot better. And just his overall confidence is standing inside the pocket, but not really standing to, I guess, a corner pocket and exchanging has gotten a lot better. And he's going back to those leg kicks. Those leg kicks are devastating. But the most impressive thing, in which no one really touched on, and he didn't even speak about it after that fight, was all last week going into the fight, uh, Gaethje w- w- was uh, suffering from uh, an eye infection that almost ended, almost made him so he wasn't able to compete. He was on, uh, had eye infection so severe that it was in both of his eyes, and, and he was uh, pretty, he couldn't train for like a week and a half wow. because the uh, eye infection was so bad. And it was kind of like a game time decision that he was even able to uh, even go and do the fight. So the fact that he went out there and, and did that after being on antibiotics for a week, or, you know, over a week, heavy antibiotics is uh, even more impressive. Brandon, we're seeing a guy who's, I mean, Trevor Whitman's been doing great things, not just on ESPN television in that coach analyst role, but ter- look at the evolution he's done with Rose Nama. Eunice is striking. Now we're seeing it with Justin, the highlight. I'm seeing a real title contender in front of me, B-Wise. I'm seeing a guy who really hit a crossroads in his career with those two knockout losses to Alvarez and to Poirier, where he hit that moment where it's like, what am I and who am I? Do I want to keep paying the price just to put on action fights or do I want to be somebody? I'm going to tell you, I didn't think he was going to get to this point. But are you buying in that I know the line's heavy with Ferguson, McGregor, all lingering, that this guy's ready for the smoke, all of it? I think that he rushed himself too much. After they signed him to his contract from World Series of Fighting, that fight with Michael Johnson, we all were just like, whoa, what did we just sign up? What did we just get out of this guy? Like. A lot of like the casuals didn't have any idea what he was. And he went out there and put on one of those crazy performances against an ultra-tough dude in Michael Johnson that turned so many heads. But then he rushed himself back in. And he rushed himself in there against an Eddie Alvarez. And he rushed himself back in there against Dustin Poirier after he was probably not healthy. So, yeah, I think those two losses were what turned his head around and was like, dude, I need to relax for a minute. I need to get myself back in camp. I need to talk with my coach Trevor Whitman and figure out what the problem is because if I don't figure this out I'm, I'm just gonna probably lose my contract if I take another loss and now all of a sudden he's ripped off three straight wins each one more impressive than the last and now there's there's no ceiling left like he's got to get a title fight there's no other option to me besides a title fight or Tony Ferguson or Con- look no, a Connor fight's still an option a Connor fight's still a Super Bowl to fighters it's still a giant pay-per-view main event payday I think that's the only sort of fight outside of staying in that line and, and, and getting a title shot for him. But Rashad, when we talk about an evolution of Gage G, like we've been waiting for him to use his wrestling. 
He's still stubbornly not using his wrestling, but it's it's working. He don't need it. He may not need it if he's going to be smart in the way he gets to using those hammers in, inside of his hands. Yeah, I mean, like, like, like I was saying before, you know, the, the biggest thing in Gaethje's game, the biggest turnaround is the fact that he's not standing in front of the train, you know, and, and he's getting off the tracks and he's making these guys having to turn into these powerful shots. But not only that, he, he has a great eye at seeing what combinations to throw. You know, it's one thing to have power. It's another thing to be able to know exactly when to unleash that power and to know every single punch is not that powerful shot. You know, he doesn't go out there and swing for the fences at every single shot. He does a really good job of, of setting it up and making the guy feel like he's safe inside that pocket. And then he just unleashes that money right hand. And, you know, it, it, it's something that, you know, he's able to, to catch a lot of fighters with because, you know, he lulls them into that exchange because he doesn't bang them out right away with a powerful shot. So they think like, oh, okay, it's not too bad. I can stand in here and exchange with this guy. And then before you know it, they're caught with the shot. That compromises their ability to move, and next thing you know, it's too late. Justin Gaethje's all over him. Just, but Trevor it, Whitman has has been one of those guys who's been who, who's been you know really really just working on the footwork, and he's he's a real technician. You know, a lot of times when I did my camps with Trevor, he was all about the X's and O's, the transitions, how to get off to the side, how to get to the angles, and work those kind of things. And now you see Justin Gaethje executing those. Yeah, one of the better MMA minds, really getting his just due now and deserving it. I mean, Justin Gaethje looks like a different fighter. And when we talked specifically last week coming off of Habib Nurmagomedov's impressive performance at UFC 242, where we're like, look, guys, it's Tony Ferguson next. And I don't know who else would have a sniff of a chance. Guys, did this performance make you believe that you could put Justin Gaethje in that any given Sunday category, along with Tony Ferguson, of a guy who maybe could have the, the code to figure out Habib? Yeah, I think so. I, I, and, I, and I go with the fact that, you know, you look at the body structure of Justin Gaethje. You know, he's, he, he's, he's got that stocky, strong build. And just, you know, he's got these really dense, heavy bones. And, and another thing that I like a Justin Gaethje and Khabib matchup is the fact that, you know, Justin has that hard-nosed, doggish mentality where you're not going to grind him out and you're not going to get him in a position where you grind and pound him and then you get him back up to his feet. You know, after you were talking to him, telling him, convincing him that he needs to get and think, you know, you know, how Khabib does with those guys. He gets them on the ground, he grounds them out and then he, you know, beats him up and then makes him, you know, convince him they should quit and then get up, get, get back up their feet and then he finishes them. He's not going to do that with a guy like Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje is going to be there. He's going to be pushing the action. He's going to take Justin Gaethje down and Justin Gaethje is going to come back up to his feet. And then on his feet is where he's going to be able to have the advantage with the power. And I'll tell you what, Habib has been getting caught in his last few fights on his feet. I guarantee, I mean, it's going to be very, it would be very hard for him to take a shot from Justin Gaethje and continue to uh, be able to use his wrestling. Because once you get shot, caught with those shots, not many people are standing. This is number one bullshit. Uh, Brandon, Rashad just gave us the technical reasons why Justin suddenly in the Habib conversation might make sense. What about from just the psychotic reasons? From the, this guy's just cut from a different cloth. Same cloth as Tony Ferguson, by the way, which is the reason why when you're making a Tony Ferguson scouting report, I'm sorry, you have to mention the guy's bad shit crazy. He loves pain. He'll walk into it. He's not afraid of it. Gage Chi or Dustin Gage, however you want to pronounce, mispronounce his name, Brandon. He seems to be of that ilk. Maybe that's a superpower 
that Habib hasn't had to deal with yet. Uh, You're day one-ish Habib super fan. Deal with it, brother. <laughs> Gage G's here. He's coming for your guy. He's going to smash your boy. You think he's? You think he would smash him? I don't know. I want to see it though. Yeah, that's what I, I thought. Yeah, that's what I, I thought. I like. I like the fact that you know, you, Gaethje, like you said, he has that that mentality. And one thing I like about Gaethje is the fact that with that mentality, you know, Trevor says it all the time. Right before they go out to the cage, you know, he's just like he 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 wants the battle. He wants the war. He wants to go out on the shield. That's all he cares about. And you know, guys who go against Habib, you know, when when you're when you're beating people as efficiently as Habib is. You start to beat people before you get into the cage. Mm-hmm. So, so then now, you know, it's all about the person who's going to give the champion a challenge is the guy who's not shaking before he gets to the cage. And that comes from the elk, like you're saying, of a Justin Gaethje and a Tony Ferguson. Yeah. And that's like my only thing is Khabib is a damn robot, man. Like we don't know that he has like human emotions when he has these fights because he just doesn't show you his, his, his hurt. Like, even in the Dustin fight two weeks ago, when he got when we thought he got clipped with two two left hands, he didn't really show it. He just kept bobbing and weaving, trying to avoid shots, and then eventually took Dustin to the ground. So it's like, I don't know what that fight looks like. I think what we talked about a, a while ago, where we don't know what Tony against Habib looks like. Like, is Tony going to be able to put the pressure on him, or is Habib just going to go in there and take his legs? I think it's going to be similar to that if if Justin is in there with Habib, because I just don't know that. Justin has felt a pressure like that before where it's I'm in your face and I'm pumping my jab. And it, once you start trying to block that jab, I'm taking your legs and I wrestle like a damn heavyweight yeah. at 155. Yeah, that's going to. Wow. I love me some lightweight. Uh, Cerrone was sort of finished before we could really find out what was in there on the quick turnaround from him from that Tony Ferguson fight in which he fought well and then had the unfortunate nose blow. Which put his eye out of commission. From the standpoint of Cowboy, guys, late 30s, new dad. But I feel like this fight with two straight knockout defeats may have ended the Cowboy dad is resurgent theory. Title contender Cowboy. And he may just be back into celebrity Cowboy. I need to fight every three months to pay off my next jet ski. I don't care who you put in front of me. I'll still blow away the B and B minus guys. But every three fights, I'll lose to a good opponent. Tell me I'm wrong. Oh, I mean, you might have said a little truth there. You might have said a little truth there. And listen, here's the thing. Not saying that Cowboy, uh, the, the truth of the matter is that at some point, you know, you, you, he's, he's fighting these guys who are not only at the, at the peak of their career, but they, you know, they have the power and, and they have the, the durability on their side as well, too. And that's what Cowboy no longer has on the side anymore. He no longer has that ability to take the punishment, you know. So he he he's not going to be up in the upper echelon with those guys. So you're absolutely right. Yeah, I believe that you know the best thing for Cowboy is is to take those those matchups. But you know what though, that's not even all to be, altogether too bad as well. You know, there, there's a lot of lots of matchup matchups that he could have, have that still that's still you know fight fans still want to see. You know, sometimes I think that. Uh, you know, it, it it it's all about chasing a goal instead of just chasing that experience instead of chasing that 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 perfect fight. You know, and I think that's what fans really truly want to see more than anything. Um, I, I I honestly believe though, Cowboy is you know he he's been in there with a lot of tough guys, and I definitely believe that he, he he's 
one of those guys who, you know, will remain relevant in conversations, but he has to pick the right fights from here on out. I agree. So what I don't like, uh, uh, Brandon, I'm sorry, is when Cowboy gets too busy for his own good, of course, and will just literally sign on to fight anybody. And sometimes these matchups don't seem to make a ton of sense. Sometimes it's not against a guy with a big name, but it's a guy who could give him trouble. And sometimes he gets caught in those. I'd like to see him go full celebrity old guy fighter route. I'd like to see him against Jose Aldo at lightweight. I'd like to see him in fun, creative matchups. I don't know if he's wired for that, Brandon. And you gave me a note here that he has a UFC record 33 appearances in the octagon. And he has been quoted as saying he wants to get that up to 50. I mean, he's going to have every record by when it's all said and done for wins, appearances, strikes landed and all that. I've just always been, I don't know. I've always had trouble with his sort of aimless direction as a fighter because he's so damn good. And had he put it together at certain points, probably could have been a champion. Well, I think that's exactly what you just said. Early out in his career, he did a lot of aimless fighting. I mean, just aim, just fighting to, to uh, you know, for, for the fun of it. You know what I'm saying? For the fun of it, for money, whatever the case may be. But it wasn't with that um, – that purposeful driven, I want to be the best. I am the best. I'm going to show I'm the champion. So now he, he's into that phase, and, and you're and you're absolutely right. I think I think now, um, you know, he, he's. I don't think I don't think for him to go 50 fights. I don't think that'd be I don't think that'd be a good thing. I think I think right now, you know, he, he's got a good thing where he's you know um, getting a lot of these records, and you know you know his body still looks good and still he's still in it. I think when you start chipping up at the 50. I think that's when you start chipping away at, you know, the health of the body. You know what I'm saying? A little too much. You know, and then that's when it starts to be like, okay, cowboy, you know, you're setting yourself up for, you know, how much can you enjoy life truly after you get done from fighting? You know, because you only can fight so many fights before it has permanent health risk. And he's got his, his kid to worry about now and Dax and Dangerous Cerrone. Here's the thing. He's fought five times in 11 months. Five times in 11 months is insane for somebody his age. And that's not even considering the training camps associated with that. Right. And he's fought 10 times since the start of 2017. He's four and six since then. And his losses are against elite guys. Jorge Masvidal, Robbie Lawler, Darren Till, Leon Edwards, Tony Ferguson, and Justin Gaethje. Why not just give him the cash out now, BC? Why not give him the McGregor fight now? So I was going to ask you that, specifically you. I was going to say, look, a spinoff topic here is, does Justin Gaethje get a title or McGregor? Which one? Can Cowboy get? Can Cowboy get McGregor still, despite two losses in a row? Would that make as good a sense? I mean, listen, here's, here's the thing about it. I think a Cowboy matchup with McGregor would behoove both of them. For one, it gives McGregor a chance to get his name hot again, to fight a guy who is a fan favorite, to fight somebody who could you know, potentially build up to have a fun fight. You know what I'm saying? And 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 here's the thing. Cowboy has a fight with with um with, with McGregor. Win, lose, or draw, Cowboy always wins. So it, no matter what, it, it doesn't hurt his brand to even lose to a guy like McGregor. So at the end of the day, it'd be a win-win for the both of them. You know what I'm saying? And then Cowboy, not only top of that, he'll get a financial payoff that can probably set him up to say, you know what, I'm going to sit back and let you kids do this for a while. And I'm going to go sit down and, and, and ride some dirt bikes. You know what I'm saying? On a ranch. That, that's, what, that's what I foresee for Cowboy. And even for, and even for Connor. I think that would be great for Connor to get a guy like Cowboy to come back in here to remind everybody who he is. 
plus BC, you're you can't tell me right now that Donald Cerrone against Conor McGregor does not sell more pay per views than Justin Gaethje against Conor McGregor. I think it'd be close. Really? I mean, you certainly have more cowboy fans, more casual fans who know cow. Well, maybe you're right. You know, here's the thing: to sell big numbers on pay per view, you need casuals, and the reason why you get casuals when you make big glossy pay-per-view matchups is because they don't know any better, right? So, you know, they, they go after the names they know. They don't know if a guy's washed, right? They just do it. You're right. Okay, yeah, you're right. Cowboy would move more product. I just, I'm hitting that point again with Connor. We go on this this uh, hamster wheel every few weeks where it's like, I don't want to hear the name again unless he's fighting. Schedule a damn fight. Just do it. I think Connor probably wants to come back too aggressive where he's probably like Ferguson or, or, the, or Habib or nothing, but yeah, man. That would be the that would be the worst mistake for Cowboy to come. I mean, not Cowboy for uh, Connor to jump back into a a highly profile fight with an opponent who's been competing pretty tough regularly and up on the upper echelon of competition. I think that he needs to find somebody a little bit lower on the totem pole and and just find a fight that he can look good in and remind everybody, I am Conor McGregor. This is the guy you want to follow. I am his daddy. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, I think right now we're we're just men. We're just men talking. We're not journalists. We're just we're just fans. Uh, the highlight. I think it takes Connor Soul right now. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. And, and, that, and that's and that that would be that would be disastrous for him right now. He can't he can't afford that. He can't afford something like that happen and, and have it happen in devastating fashion. Oh no. Oh, no. God. All right. All right. Uh, we're going to see how all of that plays out. Uh, quickly on the rest of this UFC Vancouver card, uh, there were a couple things that happened. One of them was this clown, Michelle Pineda. Guys, uh, uh, I've been ranting on this ever since it happened. I am going to be the old guy here that says, you know, get off my property, get off my porch, um, get off my lawn. But I don't know if I'm the minority here. Is this good for the sport? I don't think it's good for the sport when you miss weight and you're doing choreographed dances like a clown and you gas out against a obvious smaller and less talented fighter. And by the way, great, great news for the fighter that he fought in Tristan Connolly. It's a nice little Rocky story. But what the hell's this guy doing? I mean, look, here, here's the thing about it. Style points. Yeah, it looked pretty cool. Here's the thing. If he would have knocked him out doing some of that crazy stuff, You'd be saying something different. You'd be you'd be saying something different right now. You'd be talking about, oh my God, could this guy be the next guy to challenge you? You'd be saying something different. And so would a lot of other people if some of that fancy craziness would have landed. That's the thing about it. When you do things like that, you have a chance of it looking great and it paying off, or you have a chance of it going away that exactly did. You getting tired and you gassing out and you not, you know, doing enough of fundamental technique and losing a fight. But here's what I like that he did that. I like the fact that he did that because of fact it just shows how impressive these athletes are. You know what I'm saying? How much they mastered the sport. You know, this guy's doing backflips off the cage, backflips in the air. Like this is what the sport has become. This is the level of athlete that we're dealing with in the sport. This is a whole nother level of butt kicking right here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but he, but he kicked air. He kicked air repeatedly and then he lost all the air that was inside of him. But there was the fight before that where he looked phenomenal and did some crazy ish and then he knocked out Danny Roberts, my, my teammate. 
So there, I mean, there's a good and bad in it, but you cannot deny it was crazy. It was it was a beautiful thing. Like if you would have knocked him out with that backflip that he did, the double backflip, came down with two kicks on his head, you'd be like, "Yo, when's the next time he's fighting?" Illegal, isn't that illegal to do a moonsault onto a guy and kick him in the face? I don't know. I've never seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> They'd have to decide in that moment. What the hell is this? It, 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 right. Brandon, can you settle the, the, the grudge here? Because I'm not a, when it, when it stops being about, I'm trying to win this fight and it's only about look at me. I'm a clown. Then it's, it's Johnny Walker weirdo territory. And I know what people hate that I'm comparing this to Johnny Walker because Walker's sniff, you know, he's on the verge of sniffing a title shot because he finishes dudes, but it's that spirit of just goofy bizarreness. <laughs> This is this is what I don't like. This is fans like you. You know what? Guys like you get it. So guys like you are the guys. I don't like all that showboat da 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 da, right? But then when you do your game plan, which is to win the fight, which may be boring, oh my god, he's just so boring. He doesn't you know what I'm saying? There's net like 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 you can't have it both ways. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, you gotta allow the guy to just express himself because that's what it's about. It's about expressing yourself, and that was his expression. Here, this is where I bury him. Hey, BC, did you like the uh, Cody Garbrandt versus Dominic Cruz fight? Yeah, uh, yeah. Did you like the showboating that Cody Garbrandt and Dominic Cruz did to each other, where when somebody missed, they would point at each other and say, "Oh, you missed me." You want to know why? You want to know why? Because it Why? played into the spirit of winning. It's I'm trying to get into your head. It's trash talk. It's look, even Prince Nassim Hamed in boxing, who probably took it further than anyone, right? He would have 15 minute entrances on a flying carpet. But then he came in there and knocked dudes out. And my point on this, Brandon, is I don't think these flips and these wacko stuff was meant to be hit. He's just doing it because he's a free spirit. And when you're just kind of just doing shit, when you're doing you and your team are dancing for five minutes in a choreographed thing, it's different when you're in there and you're Diego Sanchez and you're screaming and you're trying to get people to know, I'm freaking crazy. I'm coming to kill you. It's part of the trash talk with leads to I'm trying to beat you. I didn't see him trying to win this fight. Okay, so here, here it is. If he would have threw a little bit more of jabs and just – here's – I think that if he – he can still do the same game as far as being – doing the unexpected stuff because the, the unexpected stuff is the reason why he knocked out of Danny Roberts and he has knocked out many other people before because he does that unexpected stuff. But he does – to your point, he does need to add a few X's and O's in here to make sure that he is still putting together a concise game plan filled with just jabs and straight technique where it supplements all the extra stuff that he does. Like we're sure the, the great ones like like Spider Silva, MVP, even Michael Payton, like they can mix it in, you know, Showtime uh, Pettis, they can mix that stuff into the flow of what they're doing. And then you're like, I never, I don't know what's going to happen next. This guy was the equivalent of an NBA player coming out there and trying to do and one moves the entire game. Trying yes, to throw it off yes. the backboard to himself. And at yes. some point we'd go, look, dude, you're not helping your team. You're just trying yes. to make it about you. That's exactly what that was. That's exactly what that was. But, I mean, you can't you can't get mad at him for the effort to entertain, right? I love that you said he made it all about him when it's a one-on-one one fight, sport. when he's the only guy that matters on the team. 
Like, what are you doing? Yeah, maybe I'm washed and old, and maybe this is the, the line, and I got on the other side of the line, and now I'm old, and I'm going to hate everything from this point forward. It might happen. Look, age catches you overnight, right? You can go into the octagon, and suddenly you're the old guy. I just became the old guy, Rashad. It's fine, though. It's fine, okay? Do the flips after you win. You know, Johnny Walker, you want to dislocate your shoulder and lay face down? Dude, you knock the guy out. You deserve it. You win. I love me some trash talkers. Wait till you win, brother. Unless you're doing the trash talk to intimidate. No one's intimidated by this clown. The problem is people were actually interested once he started doing all the moves. Yeah, they were. Like, nobody cared about that fight before that happened. Brandon, there's a place for this. It's called, uh, what are they called? Extreme Cage Warriors. It's called, uh, it's even called Bellator. There is a case, there is a place for this ish. This is the (laughs) UFC. This is the best in the damn world. The problem is I'm watching an athlete who's a freak who probably can really fight great. Put it together, bro. Make weight first. If you don't make weight, you don't get to dance. It's a new rule in UFC, all right? (laughs) Okay. I actually, that I would take more offense to than him doing the flips anyway. Like, him missing weight was its own issue. BC, you might have said something with that last little bit. That was the only thing. That's about it. But I mean, you got to allow the guy to have his expression. I mean, that's what the art is for. If we would have seen this dude do a backflip and knock a guy out with a, a... foot out of nowhere oh, BC would How, what would you here. be saying oh, today my gosh. that's all he was well, talking about what? he gassed <laughs> out and lost the damn fight so i'm allowed to i mean come on let me bang bro let me bang with somebody <laughs> i mean let me bring it the guy deserves my hate right now all right i'm rock hard with emotion as jake hager would say okay thank you all right no more dick pills no more dick pills all, all right. right all right yeah oh wow wow um, anything else on this card move you guys like that? I mean, Uriah Hall punched snot rocket uh, uh, of blood out of uh, Screwface's nose. And um, yeah, yeah. Uh, nothing else? You got nothing else for me? You're not fired up that, with Glover Teixeira is great, back? Great fight. Yeah, I mean, Nikita Krylov. What was it? Nikita Krylov and uh, who did he fight? Glover, bro. Glover looked good again. Glover. I wow. mean, you see that Peruvian necktie from Misha Serkinov? He's a player. All right. Todd Duffy made me sad. Yeah, can we get into that? Um, oh man, he was he was winning. He he, he could have won he a fight, winning. man. But just gosh, Todd Duffy. Rashad, I was watching that fight, and I was here in DC. I felt like DC really wanted to tell America that Todd Duffy quit in that fight. <laughs> that Todd Duffy no mossed us, and that's such a slippery slope of a conversation because we want to live in a world where guys can quit. If they're getting beat and it's fine, we don't want to see sustained damage. Boxers die in the ring all the time. We don't. We want it to not be a macho thing to go the distance. If you're just gonna, can't win this fight anymore, problem is I thought Todd Duffy was winning and could have won that fight. I thought he was winning too. I think he got in his head a little, bit, his own head a little bit, just because uh, right before it got stopped, you know, his heart was being tested a bit. You know what I'm saying? Um, in the gunfire. He was proven to be game, though. But I think once he had a chance to think about, you know, oh, my God, am I going to win this fight? You know, then he was like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, here's the thing. I don't want to say his eye wasn't poked or didn't, it, it, you know, he couldn't see. But at the end of the day, you know, the minute when you get hit in the eye, no matter how severe it is, no matter any time that the referee comes into the cage, you know, as a fighter, the first thing you got to do is pass the test and say whatever you need to say, even if you have to lie if you really want to fight, because they're going to be there to, to stop the fight. 
They come. They're calling in there to stop the fight. Whenever a referee got called into the cage for me, I'm like, all right, he's got to stop the. He's gonna try to stop the fight, and I'm gonna tell him whatever I need to tell him so I can continue to fight because I want to fight. It was Todd Duffy who was going out of his way to say, "I'm seeing double." Okay, well maybe he yeah. wasn't. I need to back off, and he made the right choice for his own health. But Brandon, you you're you're an, you're another one of your super fan number ninety nines here. You are Todd Duffy all day. He's back. He's gone. Oh, wait, right. hold on. You see double every fight. Every fight I have never fought a fight where I have not seen double. Every wow. single time I have fought, I have seen double, I have seen triple, because it's what happens when you get punched in the face. Punch the guy in the middle if you see three. You get, you get punched you get punched in the eye. Do you think that you're gonna still be able to see straight? No, you get punched in the eye and it gets shut. You're not gonna be seeing straight, you're not gonna be seeing clear, you're gonna see another one eye. So he quit. I'm just saying. Take my shots nuts out your mouth. Then talk to me. Yes, please. Wow. Wow. All right. Uh, hey, moving on here, folks. Uh, that was UFC Vancouver in the damn books. Hey, we want to try something new. We want our five-star review from our listeners, and we want listener interaction. So please, folks, if you like this show, you like hearing the thoughts of UFC Hall of Famer Rashad Evans each week on the news and reviews of MMA, head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to five fine audio. Give us that five-star review and leave a comment. We want to hear your take. This week's question is easy. Justin Gaethje lit up UFC Vancouver with a first-round knockout of Cowboy Cerrone. Who should he fight next and why? Leave us a review. Leave your answer. Hey, we may even read your response on this show have a little debate about it. So get on out there and please do us that solid. Hey, the show's free. It's the least you can do, all right? Stop being a grazer. Good Lord. All right, folks. Uh, Brandon, what do we got in the news cycle this week before we bring in the heavyweight champion of the damn world? So let's go first to a tie-in to the heavyweight champion of the world. John Blachowicz is going to be fighting, no, not for the light heavyweight title, but instead against Jacare Souza, who is moving up from 185 to 205 on November 16th in Brazil. I was shocked. I was shocked by this news. I thought John Blachowicz, Blachowicz, Jan Blachowicz was next for Johnny Bones. It's an interesting bit of matchmaking having Jacare move up right now. But what does this mean for the greatest of all time? Because... You saw that John Jones cryptic tweet that he threw out there. Big fight announcement coming, guys. Stay tuned. A lot of people thought Stipe, hey, I just got off of that rooftop and I asked Stipe about that. You're going to hear his response in a minute. What's next for John Jones? What does this mean? Johnny Walker? Dom Reyes? Maybe. Johnny Walker's fighting on November 2nd and Dom Cruz is fighting October 18th. So if you're thinking that road, then that would mean. John Jones probably doesn't fight until the beginning of 2020. Interesting. Very, very interesting. interesting. It'd be interesting if he's even going up to heavyweight and let, and uh, allow that light heavyweight chance, light heavyweight division a uh, chance to mature a little bit. Here's the thing. That's I, what the hope would be, right? I mean, I, I think if he goes up for one fight, he comes back down to this weight class. This weight class is matured in ways that that it's it's ready to tr truly bring a competitor to John Jones, a competitor that can that can challenge John Jones. You know, um, I think the second time around with John Jones, or the third time around, I should say the third time he's clearing out the division with these new set of fighters. I think that this offers Jones his his hardest test because of the fact that these these fighters are younger than he is, but at the same time 
they they share a lot of the same attributes in which he was able to have a lot of success on. You know, they have a lot of they have that big size. You know, you have you take you take Ray Ray you take Johnny Johnny Walker, 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 a lot of the guys who are coming up in the weight class. These are these are big guys. You know, and and it kind of nullifies the reach and a lot of the advantages that Jones has been able to use for so long in the weight class. So it's going to be interesting to see how Jones responds to these guys as they mature in the weight class and become better fighters. Rashad, if you were advising your old friend slash foe slash friends again, John Bones Jones, could he easily go up to heavyweight, come back down to lay heavyweight? If he wins the heavyweight title, defend both titles? Or would it be the kind of thing where it would be smarter if you're going to go to heavyweight to go full time, put on the extra muscle base? Or is it smarter for him to kind of be wiry and use the speed advantage at heavyweight? How would you look at him being a a a thin guy? But you know, when he was off during those USADA uh, suspensions, we saw him jack up a lot. Would, would you think it would be behoove him in the heavyweight division to add more power? Yeah, you know, and here's the thing about it: John Jones, outside of fighting, uh, outside of fight camp, probably ranges between two thirty five, two forty, because he's a bigger guy. You know, and probably during training camp, he probably gets himself down consistently about like maybe 220, 225, and then cuts the rest off for the fight. So at 235, 240, you're, you're at a heavyweight, and you're a pretty good, decent-sized heavyweight. So typically speaking, he could do both. He could do both. He doesn't, uh, he's not known for having hard weight class or, you, I mean, weight cuts, and you've never seen uh, the effects of weight cut uh, show its sign in any fight with any kind of fatigue on Jones. So, you know, I, I don't. I think that he can potentially do both weight classes and do them both really well. Very interesting. I just want to see him go to heavyweight. I still mean it, Brandon. I'm favoring John Jones against every single heavyweight today. I'm doing it. What about a rumble? What about a rumble? Wow, give me give me that wild card rumble, Johnson, to heavyweight. I want to see first if he can move his arms with that much muscle on it. The guy is just <laughs> thick right now, but thick in not a DC way. The dude is jacked. Yeah, yeah. tell him that to his face. I will. Let's get him on the show. Let's get Rumble on the show. All right, let's do it. All right, get him on. You got yeah. any other news, Brandon, or can we bring on Stipe? So let's go quickly to something you sent me this morning. Tyron Woodley said that he wants to face Habib at 165 and said, quote, I want to, I need to feel, I need to see what it feels like. Yeah, it was kind of in response to him seeing Dustin Poirier train for this at ATT and, and thinking Poirier had a great chance and then seeing Dustin Poirier get, you know, humbled so greatly. He's saying, I want, I want to try that. <laughs> I want that smoke. Um, but he's saying, you know, he can't make 155 under any circumstance. He said, in fact, he said in that interview, Brandon, that he's much more likely to go up to middleweight than anything, which I thought was interesting. I don't know how I how I could see Woodley competing against the elite middleweights today, but um, it's a nice conversation. But how the heck would he get that in a non-title bout? The only non-title bout Habib's ever going to be in is maybe GSP, right? Yeah, yeah. and I I just don't saying he wants to fight him at one sixty five is fine, but it's like. Dana's been so anti-making new divisions as it is. I, I don't see this ever happening. And Dana's been anti-Tyron Woodley, by the way, for uh, for a long-ass time, too. So good. Only way that would happen, only way that could even foreseeably happen is that Tyron would have to get the belt back again. And then they would have to do uh, something like that. That would be the only way something like that happens. But I just can't foresee the position that uh, Tyron's in. And, um, you know, the position that Habib's in, that, that would even warrant any kind of interest to even do something like this. What do you guys think about Tyron Woodley 2.0? They call him Kevin Lee 
and him wanting to return to welterweight. No, he wants to go back to lightweight. That was a typo on my part. Sorry, he's been, he fought at welterweight against RDA in his last fight, and then he lost. So now he's thinking about coming back down to 155. He, when you're like that, to me, when you're that in between, there's something going on where you just don't know. You here's, don't feel confident at all in here's, your strike. Here, here's why I like the fact that – or here's where I think he's coming from. I think he's coming from the fact that now he's training at TriStar. He's getting a little bit more confident in – you know, Frost is putting a few more tools into his toolbox and he's working out with the likes of George St. Pierre and just kind of getting an overall, you know, good sense of of, of skill and I guess um, well-roundedness that he probably wasn't getting anywhere else. You know what I'm saying? And I think, you know, with that said, I, I think now he's probably thinking, OK, now I have the discipline. Now I have the know-how. Now I can do it to make 155 because that is the only reason why he went up to 170 is because he was having hard times make it 155. But if you're making the right decisions while you're in training camp and you have help people helping you make those right decisions while you're in training camp, then you're not going to miss the weight. And I think that's where he's thinking when he wants to go to lightweight again. Guys, there are fighters that we just fall for. We can't we can't pick who you love, right? You can't pick who you're just going to fall for and believe no matter what happens in their career. I got so many in boxing. Zab Judah, if he came back tomorrow, I'd probably think he's a title contender, all right? He's got nine lives in my heart, all right? Um, Kevin Lee is going to be a UFC champion one day, and I'm not backing down from this, all right? He's got it. He's got it. Brandon, he has it. I'm a, I'm a Kevin Lee fan, too. I'm a Kevin Lee. I, I like the Motown phenom. I do. Brandon, admit it now. Just admit it oh. now. Submit to it. Thank you. All right. Hey. You like John Walker. Stop that. Stop that crap. All right. Stop talking about that stuff. Uh, will he ever wear a UFC title, Brandon? Johnny Walker? Yeah. I think so. Why wouldn't he? This is a clown. I think so. Johnny Walker's talented, man. He's he talented. Is, he is pretty talented, but he's also a clown, Brandon. Stop that crap. Stop it. Stop it. All right. Uh, hey, we're going to talk to Stipe Miocic. I was with him this morning on top of a rooftop in New York City. The fireman and paramedic. And badass, possibly greatest of all time, heavyweight, your choice. He's on this show right now, coming at you. Enjoy. The Manhattan skyline behind us in New York. Hey, meet the new boss. Same as the old boss, UFC heavyweight champion, Stipe Miocic. Just one month removed from regaining your title in exciting fashion against Daniel Cormier at UFC 241. So, Stipe, let's start right there. Had to feel good after sitting out a full year from losing the title to Daniel the first time. When you compare winning the title the first time compared to coming all the way back to get it a second, how do you compare those two? It's a little bit sweeter. <laughs> uh, I loved every second of winning it the first time, but also the second time. I loved the vote, but just getting that title back and going, you know, not starting out great in that first uh, second fight in the first two rounds, and then I started opening it up, and then I, you know, I found some uh, found some ways to get the W. So. Uh, can't complain. Let's talk about that first round. Daniel Cormier has a great start. Yeah. He's wrestling you all day. Yeah. He's backing you up. Everything changed, though, from round two on. Was it you that changed? Was it him that changed? What was that adjustment for both of you where the tenor of the fight turned after that? You know, I don't know. Um, I just listen to my coaches. We, you know, we have game plans. We go over stuff. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I definitely see some things. We worked on it. And maybe he changed. Who, who knows? I don't I don't. Were you surprised he didn't wrestle you more after the success? Uh, no, no. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, hard time. He got taking me down the first time. I think, and I think plus he was a little tired. And I think I mean pushing up pace. You know, you know, I was backing up. I was still coming. And I was, you know, he was trying to knock me out. I wasn't going anywhere. And he, and he wasn't. And, uh, he might gas himself out a little bit. 
You did. In round four, you start going to the body. You chip it away at him. You put him away. Could you feel the life coming out of yes. him? Yes, 100%. So in round three, yes, I am. Uh, that first shot, I'm like, oh, yeah, we got something here. So I just kept moving, you know. And I didn't keep going to it like a ton. I want mean, to set it up and go back to it again. And, uh, it worked out well. I'm glad. All right. How is it as a champion when you lose to Daniel Cormier by knockout and then you just happen to sit out a whole year? Are there dark moments during that? Are there times when you even question yourself? No, not at all, actually. I, I was blessed uh, by my first child, Mila, my daughter. Two weeks Congratulations, after yes. Thank you. And uh, that actually... It kept me in, in line, and I, you know, I didn't dwell on it. You know, I, you know, I thought about it, but I just, you know, I was worried about her. That's all I cared about. And uh, you know, I trained, getting better, and just waited for my opportunity. And you know, I knew it was going to happen. You were certainly deserving of a rematch, but you know how business can go. Brock yeah. Lesnar's name was floating around yeah, there. Right. It ended up being you, meaning you sat out 11 months on your own terms, and you got what you wanted. How much have you learned as a businessman? Now, second title run compared to the first time. Uh, patience is a virtue, I guess. <laughs> uh, just yeah, I guess yeah. You know, I'm going out there and uh, uh, sticking to my guns and just listening to my coaches and my management team and just, uh, you know, getting better every day and just knowing the right thing is going to happen. All right, how much do you get caught up in the whole GOAT thing? Some people don't want to talk about that. Well, they want to say, let's wait five, ten years and have these talks. Yeah. For other people, people like us that, that build these narratives in the media ahead of the fight, you in D.C. the second time it was sort of a winner. they got to be the greatest heavyweight yeah. in UFC history. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's great. It's awesome. It's great, it's great you know. Thing to be called. I, I love it. I'll, I'll embrace it. Um, at first, I didn't really care about you know that and my legacy, but now I'm, I'm all about the legacy because it, it's more about my daughter, Megan Hurst. She's proud of me. I did something cool with my life, and then I, I worked hard for her to have a better life. Why do you think, in comparison, whether you're bringing up Daniel Cormier or a Randy Couture or anyone, that you would be the greatest heavyweight in UFC history? I think I had a path, and I think I fought a lot of, a lot of former champs. I fought, you know, I, I, I fought a lot of tough guys to get there, you know, and not. Uh, a lot of people wrote me off in the beginning of my, my career. No one really thought I was going to do anything. And uh, where I'm at, they often laugh. Yeah, I get laugh in the face. All right, we saw the picks not too long after you, your UFC 241 win, where you had the uh, 70s uh, adult movie mustache going. So, but you're on your knees in the yeah. firehouse cleaning toilets. We know you're still a part-time fireman and paramedic in Ohio. Tell me what it's like when you come back to work, having just reestablished yourself as the baddest man on the planet, how are those fellow men in the uh, in the old firehouse treating you? It's way worse. They they destroy me. They do whatever they can. They know they can get away with it because I'm usually the lower guy. So they, they just do what they want. So seniority rules in the firehouse, oh, not no toughness. Question. Yeah, there's no question. They're terrified of me, but it doesn't matter. In their eyes, they can do whatever they want. All right. Does that actually humble you, though, when you go oh, back there and you're serving your community? You're doing anything from cleaning toilets to resuscitating people? Yeah, I, I love every second. I worked real hard to get there, and I got there just like, you know, with a title, but... Uh, I love what I do. I love helping people out. You know, I've been helping my whole life, so it's you know my way to get back. But you know, also I I, just, I, love, I love what I do, and uh, and, and go back to go to the square house after uh, I'm done fighting, like with the fight. It, it, you don't really talk a lot about it. You just kind of you know, you chop it up a little bit, but it's mostly some just some mean guys. You know, that's that's got to keep you as as a regular uh, guy uh, inside. Uh, yeah, and, and like you know, when I lost DC, man, they 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 the hell man. They destroyed me on that too, man. They were killed. It was so bad. It was so bad. I'm like, they have thick skin. All right, I, want to, I don't want to violate HIPAA laws in this question, but you got to have a good story of showing up at a at a scene, if you will, in your local town. People need help medically. Yeah. Maybe there's a fire, and somebody in the midst of that goes, hey, aren't you that guy? Yeah, actually, it's getting worse now. Uh, God, we're like, hey, what's up, man? You'll get a picture. So, uh, You're like, hold on, i got, I got to I'm save gonna, this body off, first. I drop off people at the hospital, and I'll make sure they're okay, and after they're like, oh, this, like doctors, and give me a picture, I'm like, yes. So, I mean, cool. you're not doing this for publicity. And you've been called the everyman champion. Are, do you sort of embrace that whole uh, blue collar feel? Yeah, man, that's how I am. I'm a Midwest guy. I love, I love, I love working. I love training. I love fighting. I mean, 
this is how we do it, man. We, we're we're nitty gritty here. That's how you've done it in the cage. You've developed your reputation as maybe the goat, and you've done it seemingly through a lot of times the ability to absorb punishment and come back. It's not that you don't have the skills or the power, but do you feel like you are wired differently than even some of those big name opponents you've been in the cage with? Yeah, no question. Yeah, they don't like more than I do. There's no question. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I should get hit as much as I should. I mean, I'm pretty good at not getting hit, but that last fight was a little, little special for us to ask. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I'm definitely wired different. I definitely have a different mentality with the way I go in. You know, I always want more. Was that fight against DC, the rematch, the closest you've come in the octagon to being almost like a street fight, almost like... Yeah, I guess, you know, the way you say it, I guess so, but then, you know, then I kind of backed away and kind of figured my way, and, you know, on a happy end. Absolutely. We saw you on the sidelines of Monday Night Football. Oh, yeah. Browns at Jets, you're supporting Cleveland big time. Oh, yeah. Would you say that with Cleveland maybe not always being a championship city in recent years, don't don't oh, kill the messenger here, I know the Cavs did some good things, yeah. that the Steepy Miocic brand has become almost like a pro sports team? Yeah. So listen, I'm just happy to see us to be part of. You know, we have something like, hey, you know, we have the title here, you know, we're a champion here, you know, and like our team do better. You know, the Browns got a lot going on for them. The Indians are doing well. Uh, you know, the Cavs, you know, they're, they're rebuilding now. You know, it's only one year, so I, I give them a good shot here too. Next year too, you know, Mr. Gilbert over there has a, has a good, has a good plan of what's going on. All right, talk to me about this Cleveland Browns team here for this 2019 season. One and one as we record this, though. You play off bound. Where are you going? Yeah, definitely. I think we play off. You know, everyone talks about Super Bowl. Listen, I'm about Super Bowl now. I'm worried about getting. Division, then the playoffs, and then the playoffs will figure it out from there. But at least we get to the playoffs, all I care about. And then baby steps, you know? Now, look, so these NFL guys are some of the most fit, badass guys in the world, but you're the heavyweight champion of the world in UFC. You could probably kick ass across the whole league. Do they give you that respect when you walk in there? I, I think so. I mean, they're great guys. You know, like Miles Garrett, awesome. You know, love that guy. That guy's a great guy. Uh, you know, Baker and Travis. Uh, I mean, they're all good guys. I mean, they're, they're, just, they're, just, you know, they're just supporters, and that's awesome. And, and I do the same thing. All right, you last fought in Cleveland, UFC 203, when you beat Alistair Overeem. It was a giant crowd explosion. It, it was one of those rare times in UFC where it's like hometown fighter bringing the hometown fans to fill the arena. Yeah. How much are you texting Dana going, when are we going to do this again? Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm down for whatever. I, listen, I, if I was a matchmaker or figuring that, I wouldn't be fighting. I didn't make any money telling people what to do. <laughs> but unfortunately, I don't do that. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's their decisions. What they want to do, I don't know. But is that an MMA city or is that a Stipe city? How, uh, how are you? It's an MMA city, definitely because uh, you know, we're, we're, we're rich where I live in Northeast Ohio. It's really rich in wrestling. So they've got a lot of those guys that All right, I want to have fun with you for a second about UFC 203. When yeah. you rallied from maybe the brink of defeat against Alistair Overeem, you yeah. rocked each other, you get the I finish. Let's talk about that because there's there's a movement on the internet. Yeah. It's like a conspiracy movement of yeah. Stipe Tap. There's a website. I've seen t-shirts that said Alistair felt it. How do you respond when you see this? It's funny. I love it. I, I didn't tap it all. I mean, it, it was tight, but there's no way I was tapping. I would have went to sleep. Do you still hear about that even no, to this day? No, they, they joke about it. They're like, oh, yeah, I used to heard you tap, like, laughing about it. But, yeah, I mean, listen, you know, I understand, you know, what uh, happens, you know, it didn't know what's going on. I think, yeah, you know, kind of hurt him a little bit after the fight. Uh, but, yeah, I think, uh, you know, uh, it's never going to end. So it's, it's basically, it's, it's never <laughs> Do you have end. a message for the Stipe tapped movement out there? Yeah, I didn't tap. I don't know what else you want me to do. I mean, sorry. I know you wanted me to, but I didn't. Sorry. <laughs> All right, you ended up taking that 11 months off that we talked about. Spend some time with family. Recharge the batteries. Business-wise, you stood firm and said, I know the fight I want. Yeah. How busy, though, do you want to be moving forward from here after this one over Yeah, definitely. Always busy. You know, just like the usual. All I think is some of my body up. I'm 37, so I'm not a spring chicken anymore. So I think so my body rests a little bit more, and I, I should be here. What does that mean? Because heavyweights age later. 
So yeah. when you get to 37, is well, there certain adjustments you're making yeah, already? Yeah, just little mixing foods I've had that like, I need to take care of. That, like, when I was younger, I, I would go faster, but not, not as easy now. Uh-huh. All right, when you look at the landscape of potential opponents, I know what I want you to say to the camera. I know what those fans watching want to say. We all saw that cryptic John Jones tweet. Big fight coming, everybody. Uh, Stay tuned. Uh, get ready. Is yeah, it? No, that's what do with Is it going to be Stipe? What's going yeah, on here? No, 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 no. I, that's why I see. I didn't know. I, I didn't hear anything. And I know my daughter playing video games, so I haven't heard anything. All right, no talks with the UFC about the future steps at this Definitely, point. Yeah. Who do you want? Uh, whoever. I'll fight whoever. I so this is how it's always been. So we're going to fight him. Is John Jones your biggest potential money fight? Is that something you look at from a business standpoint? No, I think I think Chilji with TC also would be good. And now be very good. He's coming in strong to us. So, I mean, listen, uh, anyway, division everyone loves. Uh, big boys are really throw down, so I don't really care. How do you feel John Jones could adjust if he made the full-time move up to heavyweight? Do you think well, that'd think be a smart well. move for him? No, yeah, I think he'd do well. You know what I mean? But, fan champs, champs. I don't ever see... Too much trash talk from the from the Steve Bay It's yeah, very very reserved, very yeah, calm. I, I, like I don't need to go after people. They came after me after the race, so I'm glad I could come back and make this team. Where does all this sort of um, when we go back to out toughing opponents? Where does that come from? Where does where does the foundation of Bob? I mean, she was such a hard worker. I mean, you just get what you're worth, you know. And nothing's ever earned. Nothing ever given. It's all earned. I just, you know, I love my mom, and I just watched the way she was, you know, and it was very, you know, my dad was around, too, so my dad also worked hard, too, you know, but I see my mom every day, what she did, and she worked night shifts, take the baseball practice, and do this, and I mean, I just, she, it rubbed off on me, see what, like, my grandparents were doing with them, you know, you know my brother loved them when they were younger, and watched them, they were just nonstop. You know, we've seen from the commercials, bear commercials, you're a proud son of immigrants, yeah. and we see that sometimes, the term immigrant mentality after your big yeah, wins. You, do you identify yeah. with that? Yeah, I'm down for that. I love it. I love it. I love every second of it. Ah, it's funny. But yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely. I got to obviously go say immigrant mentality. That's great. Because I definitely got to follow my parents and my grandparents. How has the country of Croatia awesome. embraced you after you, you know, being a symbolmatic like, emblem like of being it? Cleveland. Just loyal and loving it. It's awesome. Great, 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 great country. I like going there. I love, I love being, you know, all right, when you talk about history, building a legacy, you've got the most consecutive title defenses in UFC heavyweight history. You're tied with Randy Couture for the most overall. Do you have a number on the amount of fights or years you want to fight? Do you have certain goals in mind as heavyweight champion as you move forward? No, I just assist my body, listen to my family, you know, and make sure that I, uh, I want to do anything where I can uh, hurt myself where I won't be able to enjoy my daughter. My daughter's more than one priority, so. Fantastic. It's fantastic. When you look at the potential of a DC trilogy, yes. you think he'll come back? Do you want him to come back? Where do you sit on that? Yeah, you know, if he wants to come back, trilogy, I'm down. You know, I was watching Target, and God bless me, he's had an amazing career. Uh, you know, so whoever, whoever goes, you know, he'll talk to you, see the users can talk to me, but we'll, we'll figure something out. And uh, he doesn't want to do what he does. If he doesn't, if he does, awesome. If he doesn't, okay, whatever. I think, mean, you know, he's good, man. He's got an amazing overall combat career with wrestling and fighting. How much do you look at him as the defining opponent of your career, as, as your biggest rival? Is there any part of that? Yeah, I guess so, because you know, he beat me the first time and I had to come back and get what I was buying. Um, I know JDS wants a trilogy, though. Yeah, no, yeah, line, yeah, okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think so. I think, but I think uh, after that first fight, you know, he said some things I didn't really appreciate and uh, you know, definitely uh, teed me off a little bit. So, they have a new rivalry. Maybe get DC back one more. We'd hey, see. It would probably move a lot of numbers, do a lot for you both histor- historically. But what we learned today. Stipe didn't tap, all right, Alistair? You didn't did feel not. a thing. And the champ? He says it again. He's going over And the champ is still the champ. Right. Stipe Miocic, thanks so much for chatting with us. Can't wait to see you back soon. 
If I'm booking the territory, it's John Jones. That's all I'm saying, okay? I think, I think your checkbook would enjoy that, too. All right, special thanks to Stipe Miocic. Had a little bit of fun with him there. But, guys, the biggest headline takeaway is he's had no movement on the idea of a John Jones fight. UFC not knocking down his door. It sounded as if he was more likely, more wanting trilogy with DC. Or let's do it again with Nganu. I mean, sometimes these I- fighters have poker faces. But I got to see that jones Miocic fight. That's sexy, man. That is a sexy fight, but you know what is an even sexier fight than that? I like the DC and Stipe fight part three. I, I think that trilogy is wasting a lot of money on the table because here's the thing about it. I mean, you have the dominating performance by DC, and then you have the, the, the next fight. You have, you have a Stipe comeback, and then, you know, Stipe looking like he just figured it all out and then and just I'm honestly looking like, as if, you know, like he was kind of planning that the whole time, you know, just waiting for DC to kind of tire out, but you know, he showed something in that fight, and, and he showed the heart and, and I guess, the, 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 the mental wherewithal that a champion has. You know, the, a champion that was going to hold the belt for a long time has to have. And I think in order for us to truly, truly believe it, I think we got to see him fight DC just one more time. I mean, because I'm – listen, I'm a, I'm a, I am a fan of Stipe. I'm sold on Stipe. But just for those who are not sold on Stipe, I think <laughs> with DC would be perfect. Well, there are jerks in the world who have made comments like Stipe didn't win, DC lost. There are those people on the show who have said that. All right, I said it, all right? But here's the deal, though. You're right. Stipe might, might be the damn goat. That fight would settle this whole stupid idea of who has to be the goat today because it might change tomorrow. I don't think Kane's coming back, guys. He fought. I'm sorry. He wrestled. With AAA in New York City over the weekend. I, did you guys see the highlights? Guys doing insane flips off the top rope, doing Hurricane Rana's. Kane can move. Kane Velasquez is a pro wrestler, can move. He's talking to three different major companies, including WWE, about signing with him. I don't think he's ever coming back to the Octagon. My two cents. The fight to make is Steep A DC 3. It really is. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, if DC if DC wants it, I'm very Rashad Evans right now with this DC stuff. If DC wants it, Rashad, he can get it. You heard Stipe there, but the shiny new toy, Brandon of Jones Stipe, just brings up a whole new conversation. Uh, I want it all, brother. From a from a let's move some products perspective, yes, Jones against Stipe is the fight to make. But I mean, what? The, Okay, let's say that they do um, Stipe and Dice, as you guys are calling it. Trice. <laughs> what if they do that? What do you do with Francis Ngannou then? Like, Francis needs to keep active. You can't put that dude on the shelf for another year. Curtis he- Blades trilogy, bro. Yeah. Francis is already trying to fight at the end of December. I mean, he's already trying to fight right now. So it's like, where do you – there's nothing left to me for him. Like, what you did you really just say a Blades trilogy was, when he's knocked a, out in two minutes? Joke, twice? <laughs> Uh, give him the shoe liquor. What's that guy's name? Two of us? No. Um, yeah, you're right. You make a good point. All right. So let's get this Jones thing out of the way. Stipe didn't sound like he was hiding any information. Maybe they're not doing that. If DC wants it, he can get it. We love you, DC. Thank you for joining us, man. Yeah. I love you. Thank you. Um, he tapped uh, He tapped. And we had, and I brought it to Stipe. I brought it to Stipe. I said there's a movement going on. There's T-shirts. There's websites. Alistair about, felt it. I, he, you know, he gave a funny reaction, but uh, 
<laughs> I'd wear that shirt, Brandon. I'd wear it. All right. There, there's video evidence that you can see a tap against Alistair Overeem when he had the guillotine choke. That's all I'm saying. There's evidence. Shout out to the folks at stepaytap.com, by the way. It's a, it's a, it's a thing. It is. All right. Steep is a good dude, though. I mean, he even afterwards was like, was I all right? I know people say I talk too fast. I like Stipe, though. I like the Midwestern immigrant tough mentality that he willingly takes on, and he just talked about that. And I like that, you know, three days after he wins the title, he's cleaning toilets, you know, in the fire station, and it seems like he doesn't do this for attention. He does it because he wants to help people. He does it because that's what he loves to do. I mean, could you imagine, guys, like, I don't know, you viciously break your leg falling down the stairs? Stipe Miocic shows up, you know. What I mean, it's like, oh, hey, you're that guy. All right, you know. I mean, it's gotta, uh, it's gotta feel good during times of strife, there, Brennan. UOD on a back porch. Oh, Stipe's here, you know. <laughs> All right, uh, UFC Mexico City this weekend, guys. I like this card. Fun little sexy matchups up and down here, and it's the it's the big one, the main event that brings us in a featherweight duel. Yair Rodriguez, who has not fought since that classic, epic, last-second knockout of Korean Zombie last fall slash winter. He'll be in there against a true banger in Jeremy Stevens. And for Yair at 26, Rashad, still just one defeat in the octagon to Frankie Edgar. I feel like there's still time that he could live up to that early hype. I feel like that win over... Uh, Korean Zombie in the last second nature kind of gave him a little bit of a gift there to ride the momentum. How tough of a matchup for him, though, is Jeremy Stevens? Yeah, I, I think so too. You know, um, Yair Rodriguez. You know, he, he's one of those guys who, you know, he, he got he got he got tested with that 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 um, Frank Edgar fight. But I think that you know Yair has figured out a lot about himself since that fight, and I think that you know Yair is one of those athletes who's starting to understand that he can grow into the hype that we, we desperately that we see in him i see i see so much skill in yair and just his ability and and the one thing that i always wanted yair to always showcase is that heart and yair showed that in the fight where he got that little elbow that little sneaky elbow that was a fight that showed yair had that heart now this is going to be the fight to show everyone that not only does yair has a fight he has a technique but now he has the dog within him, and, and and now he's put it all together to take on the top guys like Jeremy Stevens. That's what this fight's about for Yair. I mean, Brandon, he's going to have to, you know, obviously watch for the big power punching coming his way from Stevens. But I'd like to see Yair figure out who he is. Not every fight has to be wild and out of control and a crazy finish. Maybe he can pull a Justin Gage G and kind of iron some things out, find a better balance. Still just 26. UFC's been waiting for that Mexican star. I know Henry Cejudo's looking really good right now as a Mexican-American in, in Triple C and in the Cringe Master. But uh, Yair Rodriguez headlining in Mexico City. There's still time for this dream to work. Yeah, this is this is a big opportunity. I really hope that the moment doesn't become too much for him fighting in Mexico City where all of the fans are going to be there for him. It's going to be a very pro Yair crowd. And it's just going to be this is the bigger test to me is like Jeremy Stevens love to put the pressure on you. He wants to go in there, make you feel those hands early so that you start to back down and start to get out of your game plan. 
And for Yair, this is going to be about weathering that early storm because Jeremy's going to go in there trying to end this fight quickly. He doesn't want the crowd to get into this fight at all. It's just going to be, let's see, let's see what your chin looks like. Let's see what you got. Are, are you prepared for this moment? Because I have a feeling we're going to look back at that Jeremy, that Yair Rodriguez and Korean zombie fight and be like, how the hell did Yair do that? How did he, how, like, not, not just the backwards elbow, but just how did he beat Korean zombie? When Korean Zombie is now starting to look like one of those dudes who might be a top three or top four contender at featherweight, like it's gonna be, it's gonna be something that we need to see from him now. Is like you said, the complete game plan, just the complete style package where it's not the flashiness. It's let's grind out a victory. Let's right. not let's not just go in there like Michelle Pereira throwing everything we got early in the fight. Let's let's see if the gas tank holds up. And for Stevens, man, he's only been taking elite challenges of late. Two straight defeats, the knockout loss to Aldo on the body shot, and then he lost that decision to Zabit, Magomed Sharapov. I mean, this would be a tough turn to go three in a row. You can't count Jeremy Stevens out of any fight, though. I mean, who the fuck is that guy? Oh, that guy bangs. That's who he is, all right? So I really love the sneaky fight of the year potential in this. I mean, this is going to grind. This is going to be a war. Yeah, I definitely like this fight too. You know, Jeremy Stevens, you know, this guy is so amazingly talented, um, power in both hands. And, you know, a, a one unused aspect of Jeremy Stevens game that, that he doesn't really use is his ability to wrestle. You know, he has some pretty good, uh, wrestling that he's been working with Darren Christensen out in San Diego with. And if he utilizes that, and I, and I bring that up because that, that's something that I wish Jeremy Stevens would use more of. I wish he would use more of the clinches and the grappling and all of those things that make it so the action is convoluted for a second, but then it allows a break for him to land one of those big shots. I think so many times where athletes or fighters try to stand inside his pocket and try to find only the strikes there, it only gets a certain amount of results. But when you can find those shots, those big power shots like DC did on Stipe, then you're starting to mix in your power with your wrestling, and then that adds another wrinkle to your game. And with a guy like Yair Rodriguez, who can get wild sometimes, I think that'll be the perfect medicine. I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. Uh, Brandon, I mentioned this is kind of a sneaky good card. I stand by that. There's names I want to see on here. This isn't a traditionally strong card up and down it, but are you moved like I am anytime two women's strawweights get in there because we know it's going to be a fun fight of Carla, Carla Esparza and Alexa Grasso from the standpoint that they both could use a really big win right here. Yeah, I don't really see this card the same way you do. I really thought this last weekend's Vancouver card was much deeper than this. I like the I like the co-main event, but to me it's not really a co-main event, even in this watered-down UFC era of big matchmaking. But Hey, the Cookie Monster's a former champion. Give her the respect she deserves, all right? Gotta get a cookie monster respect. She she will wrestle you right down. She will take, she'll, she'll double leg your soul. All right. Yeah. Um, I mean, but there's some interesting names on this card. Sergio Pettis coming coming back. Brandon Moreno. I pop for Polo Reyes. Come on. Paul Craig. It needs a win after he lost to, um, Kennedy and Chekwu, I think it was. So there's some interesting names, but to me, it's not a deep card. Completely. All right. Well, the fight that we all care about this weekend is obviously that women's bantamweight bout when Sajara Eubanks takes on Betch the Pitbull Koheja. Brandon, she comes to the cage to bang. 
She hasn't had a win, though, in a long time. Not since the split decision over Jessica I in 2016. You'd have to go back two years before that to her knocking out Shayna Baszler. She's lost four of her last six, which also include a win and a draw. Um, is there still time for the Pitbull to, uh, to, uh, give you the green light, if you will? Why, what are you doing? Like, she is not a good fighter right now, and you're making her out to be, like, this great potential champion. Like, she's fun. She's as fun as it gets in the UFC women's divisions, all right? She talks trash. She did fight for a title, right? She's yep. in how, how, how'd that hey, go? Hashtag I mean, never forget. But the point is this right here. This is a big step up in competition for Sajara Eubanks here. You know what I'm saying? So now you're meeting the has Betch Kohea deteriorated enough in skill for, you know, Sajara to just do former, her thing. Was she a former title contender too, DC? No, she was supposed to be. And then the fight fell apart or there was missing pay. I don't know. It just, no. She did. I mean, this is a big fight for both of these girls. I mean, Beshko Hair needs to desperately get onto the winning path. And here's the thing about it. You know, you don't know, like, the hangover effect from the whole Ronda Rousey fight. And it was a long time ago, but that, that, that's when you started to see, you know, her lose the footing, her lose that traction, her losing that momentum that she once had, you know. So having the embarrassment or, or whatever she sustained from that fight, I can't even speak on it, but Whenever you lose a fight, there's always some kind of residual effect, and, and who she knows? She came that to residual. win that fight. She came to throw throw bombs in that fight. She against did. Her. She she really did. She really did. And, and and when you put your heart and soul into something like that, and you have to reinvent yourself and find out who you are all over again, some fighters never make it back. Some fighters never make it back from that that disappointing fall from the mountaintop. You know. So one of my yeah. favorite fighters, the the Baron. The air is almost over, Brandon. Right. <laughs> I think the ship has sailed. Hanan Barao, the former pound for pound king, never got back there. Some people say Usada. You're right. Faber said Usada on this show. By the way, I wasn't willing to back that. All right, that's fine. But no, I'm care about this. I care about this fight. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun fight. I, don't give me dirty looks. Okay, I can like fighters. All right, my favorite <laughs> my favorite fighters have nothing to do with you, Brandon. Okay. All right? <laughs> I just want to point out how many of these guys you like that are losing a lot, and you're getting on me for like in the clown shows. It's just how you're wired. Uh, special thanks to Stipe Miocic for sitting in with us, standing in with the Manhattan skyline behind us. Uh, that's it for the show this week, guys. Looking forward to this card this weekend. Uh, what's coming up on the calendar in the life of Sugar? Uh, not much, man. Just uh, you know, just going to be doing. A, I got a birthday coming up, September okay. 25th. Okay. Gotta, yeah. So the big three nine. The big four zero is oh. happening. It's happening. Yes. I'm entering. You're fighting another... off washness much better than we are, Rashad. So keep <laughs> it up. Well, Brandon's like 25. Who knows about that? But yeah, all right. All right. Keep it up. Um, do you see yourself training fighters in the future? Is that... Yeah, I'm training. You know, I've been training lately myself, man. Um, ever since I changed my diet, I've been feeling amazing. And like, now I'm just like, man, you know what? This fighting, you know, I, I train pretty hard. I train, I train hard as, the fighters who are actively fighting. So I feel pretty good, man. All right. Hey, hear that, Leoto Machida. Hear that, Glover <laughs> Teixeira. All right. There's some there's some receipts that Rashad still has to give <laughs> out. All right. Uh, what are you doing diet-wise specifically? Can you inspire any of our listeners? What have you changed? Yeah, just plant-based diet. You know, I got rid of the uh, the mucus-forming foods and 
and and um you know just really really focused on that and a lot you know the hardest part about it was just kind of getting rid of the mental con um i guess the thoughts of you know i gotta have the the animal protein to have protein but once i understood you know how to get the right amount of protein what foods you eat to to be able to okay, uh, balance this is the stuff exact up. thing my wife is trying to push on our family right now the thing you just mentioned she her she's laid up with a knee injury so she watched net all these netflix documentaries so now she's like we got to go plant-based we got to get away from the mucus we got to clear our heads you got to teach yourself not to need meat in your life yeah there's a book called mucusless diet by dr uh, arnold um air air and uh it's uh it's a really good book mucusless diet and what it tells you about you know cleaning your body out from mucus and the foods that we commonly eat it's it, it's life-changing it's, it really is life-changing it's life-saving wow i'm inspired brandon i'm inspired i know i got a long way to go but i'm inspired you're inspired <laughs> right now to go to taco bell on your Stop way to the bus stop. <laughs> you need to listen to your wife bc i think i might have to because it's it's harder to recover at this age all right i'm gonna go play hoops tonight opening night of old guy hoops tonight probably gonna be an s show afterwards as i drag my body back to the car so yeah it's still there's still time for me uh that's the show for this week folks five star review hit us up hit us up with your comments and questions anytime at state of combat on twitter at brandon wise 65 at B Campbell CBS at Sugar Rashad. Rashad Evans. Sugar Rashad Evans. There it is. There it goes. We out.